0: Lord God, Father in heaven, bless your holy name this morning. We thank you, Father, for another day. This day, Father, we trust that you have given to us to enter in and to enjoy you, to enjoy your presence. According to your word, Father, you are here with us. You are joined. We are joined with you. By the power of your Holy Spirit. So we come and we bring our prayers. And we pray, Father, beginning with the authorities that you have given us. Those who have been placed in positions of power. Power to yield the sword, as it were. That is to protect us from all our enemies. Our enemies not only abroad, but our enemies right here in our own cities. So, But we begin, Father, by praying for the federal government. We pray, Father, for the executive legislature and judiciary branches. We pray, Father, for those men and women who serve. We pray, Father, that you would anoint them with your spirit, the very spirit, Father, which will lead them and guide them. The very spirit, Father, which will give them wisdom on how to order our lives. Not only order their lives, but to order our lives as well. We pray for the state government, beginning with Arnold Schwarzenegger, our governor. We pray, Father, for him as well. That you too would, again, anoint him with your Holy Spirit. to Give him wisdom to order not only our state, but also its borders. To protect us from all our enemies. And to bring us back, Father, to a place of fiscal responsibility. We pray for the executive, legislature, legislative and judiciary branches as well of our state government. We pray for our local government and all its officials, beginning with Mayor Woods. Pray, Father, that you would give him your spirit as well so that he can also govern us and to protect us here in the inner city, so that especially the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth, may be preached, and that we may be, we will live in a, in, in a state of peace, peace, um, that, we will be, that we will be in a state of peace and not in a state of chaos, so that we may serve you and worship you, the true living God, without fear. Pray for this ministry. We pray for its founder, we pray for its elders, we pray for its laity. We pray, Father, that you would anoint them, or anoint us, I should say, anoint us with your Holy Spirit as well, so that we may remain faithful to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray for New Venture Christian Fellowship, Pastor Sean and all his staff. I especially pray, Father, for Pastor Dan who's away because of his father the death of his father pray father that you would anoint him with your holy spirit and that you would comfort him during this time and give him peace and knowing that for all those who pass on in christ it's just it's just another passage in life for us that we must all face but it is not the end it is not the end and so we do not our sorrow is not like the world our hope is in Christ and in Christ alone so I just pray father that his hope would be in Christ and Christ alone not in this life which is only temporary and we're only passing through And so, it's just another passage into eternal glory as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Pray for the salvation of all, that is our neighbors, our friends, our relatives. We pray, Father, that you would have mercy on their souls and bring them back into a right relationship with you. Forgive them of their sins and renew their hearts in Christ Jesus our Lord pray father for my marriage with my wife I pray father you will continue to minister to us and to show us father how we are to reconcile with one another and to enjoy one another in glorifying you the true living God Pray for my grandmother who's in the resting home, in a resting home. Pray, Father, for her spiritual welfare as well as her body. Pray, Father, you will strengthen both. And I hope to see her soon. We thank you, Father, for all that you do for us. Food for our bodies, water to drink, a roof over our heads. Providing us with family, friends, especially we're glad to have our oldest son here with us. And we just pray as always, Father, that we would enjoy this day with him and that we would be a blessing to him as he is to us. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. God's Love for Israel, series part four. This is the title of our message. Our text for today comes from Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 18. Let's turn there, please. Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 18. Now, I realize we have covered this previously. However, uh, there's some things that I would like to add to it. and some things that have changed. And I hope to keep it real short on like last message. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, please rise for the reading of the word of God. Romans chapter 9, beginning at verse 14. This is the word of God. Praise be his name. Romans chapter 14. I ask that while I read you, please follow. Please rise. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on man's desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Amen. Please be seated. Let us ask God for the illumination of our text. Our Lord and God, give us your spirit. Increase our capacity to listen and learn from your word. Increase our love for your gospel message. Bless our listeners, we ask and pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now let me begin by brief introduction of our message background information if you recall again we've already covered this this text briefly last week so basically the background information is information that we're going to cover for today right so don't need to draw that out or extend that any further so let us begin by asking again or um, let me Let let, let us begin by, again, uh, the the title of this message is God's Love for Israel. Again, part four. And what is the topic of this message? The justice of God toward Israel. Remember? The justice of God toward Israel. Justice of God toward Israel. Now, as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, my point from this text would be this. In Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 18, Paul describes the relationship between God and Israel. Because in this relationship, God has rightfully dealt with Israel. Now, how can we fully understand on this? Well, we can start by looking at the following three points. Point number one. And Point number one, because God has rightly dealt with Israel in this relationship, God has effectively judged Israel. And point number two, we will see that God has also mercifully justified Israel. And then in point number three, we will see that Christians faithfully pray for Israel. Now remember, the author of this text is no other but no other man but who? Paul. Paul. Very good. Paul's office is what, children? A- what a- office I did he help? He, he held... A- a- an apostle. apostle Jesus Christ. Very good, children. And the genre of this message is what? A letter. A letter. Very good. Epistle. Now, who are the recipients of this message? Or who were the recipients of this message? Really... Roman Jewish... And non Jewish converts. Now we are the non Jewish converts, right? We are the those whom oftentimes the Bible describes as Gentiles. Amen? Amen. Now, without further introduction, let us move into the message of God. Uh, again, because God has rightly dealt with Israel and their relationship. God has effectively judged Israel. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, I need to make it clear that when you read the text, when you're reading Romans chapter 14 through 18, there's a key component missing. And that key component is Israel. Background of Israel. First of all, you need to understand, Israel Was the name given to who, children? Jacob. Jacob. Okay. Now, what we need to understand is that Jacob was what? Before God. Was he in and of himself? No. Outside of Christ, righteous before God? Children, yes or no? Yes. No. We got mixed messages. Okay? Yes. So, you know, I I think it's important for you all to understand that Jacob was a man. He was a man. He was a mere man. Unlike Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he was sinful. Jacob was sinful. Jacob was conceived by sinful parents. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, he was without sin. So therefore, in, and of his, in himself, his standing before God was completely righteous. He was without sin. Jacob was sinful. Now, because Jacob was sinful, he was deserving of what, children? Death. Death. Punishment, God's punishment. You need to understand this. You need to understand that the reason why Paul talks in the manner that he he he, uh, he does here in this passage when he begins with the phrase, "What then shall we say? Is God unjust?" And of course, that statement, the way he says that, is is really the answer. In that the answer implied in that answer is no, definitely not. God is not unjust. God is not man. He's not a man. He has not He's not a man like you and I, right? Children, you remember in your catechism? What is God? God's spirit does not have a body like man. Very good. God is a spirit and does not have a body like men. Something else that you don't see here and that the passage doesn't quite bring out is that God is the creator and we are the created and because he's the creator and we are the created guess what he only needs to answer to who himself he doesn't need to answer to us and as a matter of fact this statement here that talks about the justice of God God's justice is based upon himself. It's, base, it's based upon what he sees as righteous. What he sees as just. That is, what is right and what is wrong. Only he can determine that. Remember, he's the creator and we're the created. That's why I'm convinced that God has rightly dealt with Israel. And this is what Paul is basically saying here. He said, you know what, listen, when it comes to Israel, when it comes to the descendants of Jacob, God has dealt with them rightly. He has, he has brought them into a relationship, a relationship in which he has determined in advance to be based upon a covenant. A covenant of grace. Now, what do I mean by a covenant of grace? Well, first of all, let's set that aside for a minute. If you recall in the Old Testament, in Genesis, you recall Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were essentially in a covenant relationship with God also. But their relationship was one based upon Works. Do this and live. Do this and you shall surely die. Covenant of works. There's a difference between a covenant of works and a covenant of grace. And a covenant of works, we have an example. given to us in the Bible by um, Adam and Eve, their relationship with God. It was their job to basically do all that God had commanded. And if they had uh, succeeded in doing what all that God had commanded, they would have been elevated into a, a life eternal. A life that would Been marked, um, um, definitely different than what they were used to. And that was a life in which no longer would they have been in a relationship with God whereby they had to do it or otherwise they would have what? Die. Die. Very good. So they had the ability to do what was right. They had the ability to do what was right. God had given them the ability to do what was right. But they chose to what? Do wrong. They chose to rebel, to disobey God. Through the instigation of who? Satan. Satan, very good. Now, because they chose to do what was bad, God judged them as guilty. God God condemned them. That's basically what he did. He condemned them. And in that moment, when he condemned them, all things had changed. Not only for them, but for all that would come from them. That's us. Jacob was one of them. Are you with me now? So Jacob was sinful. He was born. He was conceived in sin. Yet God chose him. For a specific purpose. And that was God chose him to demonstrate his love for not only the son the eternal Son, that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, but for all those who would be given to the Son. Are you with me now? Jacob was given to the Son in advance. Before Jesus even came in the flesh, before his first advent, God had already determined that, you know what? Jacob, I will love. And Esau, I will what? Hate. Hate. Am I making this up? Let's go back a little bit. Verse 10. In the text it reads this. Not only that, but Rebekah's children had one and the same father, our father Isaac. Yet before the twins were born, or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose and election might stand, notice that, Say election. 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 Jacob was elected by God in advance. Before he was even born in the womb. Before he was even conceived. Jacob was elected. Are you elected? In order that God's purpose and election might stand. Not by works, but by what? Him who calls. Again, we're, we're talking about outside of works here. We're talking about grace. The grace of God. That's what we're going to be talking about here. The grace of God. Say the grace of God. The, grace of God. the covenant of grace. That's what I'm, I'm leading toward here. Not by works. Not by the covenant of works. Not by a promise of works. But by him who calls. Who is it that called? It's God. It is only God who can call. It is only God. Listen. As far as God is concerned, for all those who are outside of Christ, we are dead. Where? In our sins and trespasses. Listen, people, dead is dead. Only one can. You can't, you can't raise the dead. If, if you can raise the dead, trust me, <laughs> there would be no more dying, no doubt about it. But you can't once 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 that body's once your body enters into a certain state and I, I've been studying this medical terms there medical terms for all of this I had discovered just recently that I didn't know this that your body right before death it goes through a state with, which um, medical people call a, a flushing or something like that it's basically the final state that your body goes through and it just kind of just it just flushes everything out with the blood and everything you know it just it it goes through a process but i share that with you because once it goes through that process that's it there's no there's no way you can bring a person back but listen good news is god can do that god can not only raise the dead meaning that a person who has technically died Medically died, brain dead, whatever you want to call it, heart stopped, I don't care what flush it has, flushed. is completely done. Listen, God can raise that body up. Amen? Amen? Now, God not only can, but he has done that. Why? To demonstrate to us that, guess what? Spiritually, he can do the same. Can you see that, people? He can raise the spiritually dead as well. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are dead in their sins and trespasses. Amen? But God can raise The spiritually dead. And so this is what he's going. This is what basically Paul is is trying to bring forward here. He's not bringing it forward in those words. But this is really what he means by saying, not by works, but by him who called. It is God who called. Lazarus, come forth. It is God who can call the dead. And the dead will rise. Loose him. Loose the bounds, the bandages from him. He's alive. He was dead, but now he's alive. It's the same way spiritually that God can do to us. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. The older will serve the younger, she was told. Just as it is written, Jacob I love, but Esau I what? Hated. Hated. What then shall we say, Paul said? Is God unjust? Is God unjust? Is it right for God to choose one and to pass over? another? To to choose one and to cut off another? No, it's not. Because all have sinned. All are deserving of judgment. Are you with me now? Mm-hmm. Oh, people, I could continue to go on, but I don't want to do that this morning. I think you got the point. God has effectively judged Israel. That's basically... What has happened? He has been judged. He was judged in Adam and Eve. Good news is, though, because God has rightly dealt with Israel in their relationship, God has mercifully justified Israel. That's really what you see here. You see here in that statement where it says, Jacob I love and Esau hated. Basically, God has said, it is Jacob that I have justified. It is Jacob that I have declared righteous in Christ before he was even born. God has said, I can do that. That's what he basically told to Moses. He said to Moses, what? Verse 15. He says to Moses, I will have mercy. On whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. I will choose whom I choose and whom I choose is what I have chosen and there's nothing else to be said. Why? Because all are dead. And you know what? Listen, thank God he has. Because if he had not, guess what? We would not be here. And not only that, we would have been passed over and left in our sins, which we don't want. We don't want to be left in our sins because if we left in our sins, we will be forever separated from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we don't want that. Amen. Mm -hmm. So God has mercy on whom he has mercy and he hardens whom he hardens. That's what we see here. Oh, I forgot to show you that, huh? (laughs) Well, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because now I'm going back again. And I don't want to go back again because we know that, yes, he can do that, but he has justified Israel. Now, I brought that out to show you that that's really what is taking place here. God has brought them back into a covenant of grace. It is a gift. It was a gift to Jacob. Listen, that's why you don't see in the passage Jacob running around, bragging about himself. I... Am in the right relationship with God, and you're not. So that means you're not. He wasn't bragging in himself. Matter of fact, we even saw that the the authors who wrote about Jacob they they were, there was some Jacob was a was a was a big sinner, big time sinner. So don't look to Jacob as an example to be to be like, okay. He's not, he's not, God is not set him up as an example of what we want to be like. We don't want to be like Jacob. We want to be like who, cool children? God. Christ. Christ. Always remember, it, it's Christ. We don't want to be like God either. We let God be God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right? I don't want to be God. <laughs> there are people out there who do want to be God, no. though. side note. Side note. Side note. Say side note. side note. There are people out there who want to be God. As a matter of fact, they claim that they are God. <laughs> They're little gods, little G's. And they brag about it. They, Trust me, I've, I was part of that for a while. I'm going to tell you, that is, no, no. That is a no, no. A no, no. We don't want to be gods. Little gods, we don't want that. We want to let God be God. And the created, that's who we are. We are not only created, but not only that. And this is the good news. This is part of this message here. Like Jacob, we're adopted. We've been adopted in Christ. And that's what we want to remain. We want to be, remain in the presence of our Lord. We want to remain dependent on Him, on Christ. We want, to be, we want to be in a position where we're dependent on the works of Christ. It was Christ who what? Died for what? For our sins. it was in, It's in Christ that we are brought back into a right relationship with God. Whereby we call and we say to Him, the God Almighty, what? Father, Abba, we depend on You. We depend on You for all that we are. All that I am. Receive me. All that I am is in Christ. In Christ alone. Amen? Amen. That is Israel. Point number three, because God has rightly dealt with Israel and their relationship. Christians faithfully pray for Israel. Listen, Israel, there are members. The reason why Paul, listen, I gotta make this clear. The reason why Paul is talking about all this, listen, there are. Members of, of Israel, descendants of Israel, that have been basically left in their sins. They have been left in a state of sin because and the sign that they have been left in a, in a state of sin is that they don't believe in Christ. And what we're going to see later on is that the reason why they don't believe in Christ is because that's, that's what God had purposed and planned. God had purpose and plan to leave some basically in a state of unbelief, which is a state of sin, but it's for his glory. Because what we're going to find out ultimately is, is that there, listen, because of Israel, we are who we are. Listen, we have the word of God because of Israel, the descendants of Israel. They were the keepers of, of, of the word of God. They were they were the proclaimers of the coming Messiah. They were they were they were they, they were they were designed for that purpose to so that God may bring us into a relationship of grace. Are you with me? You understand this now. And this is why we we should be praying for them. Praying that because according to the Bible God's work and purpose and plan with Israel is not going to be done, completely done, until all of us—that's all of the Gentiles—have been brought back into a right relationship with God. And we don't know when that day is coming. We don't know who the last person is going to be, but it's going to be the last person. It's going to be one more person, and God's going to say, "You know what? It's finished. It's done." Son, go home. I mean, go, go to, go and gather. The Bible talks about it in terms of reaping. It's going to be a separation between the good and the bad and so forth. But that day is not until the, Lord, the God Almighty has determined that it is, it's, it is, it's, it's done. That's why Jesus himself said, you know what? No one comes unto God the Father except what? Amen. Through me. And it is God who calls. It is only God who calls. So God will determine when that day comes. But until then, we just have to wait. And while we we wait, we pray. We pray for Israel. Lord God, have mercy on them. We thank you for Israel. The descendants of Israel. Because of them, I have been grafted in. Basically, when I say grafted in, what I mean by grafted in, some of you probably don't know what that means. But like a tree, those trees out there—I don't know if you know—I have, we have orange tree out there. At the base of that orange tree, it was not part of that orange tree. It's from another tree. And what has happened? What happened was, the owners of this home took another tree, a tree with. Good solid stock that you can stick in the ground and that will be able to endure all the different bugs, the different types of bugs, and not die. And then they took a oh, uh, uh, lemon tree, I'm talking about the lemon tree now, they took a healthy lemon tree and they chopped it and chopped, chopped off a branch of it and they stuck it in that trunk of that, that, that another tree, another type of tree. And that's called grafting and itch. And then they taped it around real good, nice and tight, and eventually it grew into that that other tree, trunk, and that's called grafting in it. and we've been like that into Israel. you get it? see we've been we've been we were sinners, just like they were, and but we've been cut off and 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 basically planted in them. That's why I don't know if you know this or not, but you could say, guess what in so many ways, we're what? Jewish, <laughs> we're, we're a Jew too, in so many ways. Because guess what? The Bible makes it clear. Abraham is what? Our father. Physical father, fleshly father. Listen, the same faith that Abraham had, we have. He, he believed in the future Messiah, which is who? Christ. So we pray for them. Let me close. Because God sovereignly loves Israelites. We, we saw that earlier. We, we need to understand that he has brought them into a relationship. A relationship which I described, I described as a covenant of grace. That is a promise. Listen, even though he has not, he has left some in unbelief, guess what? Those whom were elected, and we don't know. This is a mystery. Only God knows. Jesus didn't even know. That was clear. Jesus came, when he came and he walked on the earth, only way he could know that they were truly from the Father is what? They would come to him, and they would believe in him. If they believed in him, he knew instantly. Guess what? They're the elect. And he treated them that way. He, he he called them what? Friends. Brothers. Who's my, who's my mother? Who's my brother? Who's my sister? You remember that? You remember all that? You need to read. Listen, you need to read the gospel and really figure out what was going on. See, listen, we've been blessed with Paul's writing. We can kind of look back now and we can understand a lot of what Jesus was talking about. Listen, even the disciples who walked with Jesus, oftentimes they were like, we don't know what this man's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And they didn't. They didn't. God bless their souls. But they hung in there and they stuck in there because they had no, really didn't have any other choice. But they did it because, again, that was, you know, they just knew that, you know what, whatever. This is, this is, this is. He's from God. That's all we know. I was blind, but now what? I see. I was crippled, but now I can walk. My, sin, I was sinful, but now my sins are forgiven. You know, only Jesus. Jesus, that's why even the people, the Pharisees, the leaders back then, they were like, this man is blaspheming God because only God can forgive sins. But God has given Jesus authority. Remember we talked about that, two children and kids' world? He has been given authority, right? He's at the right hand of God the Father. Remember we talked about that? He has been given authority, the power to what? Forgive sins to raise the dead, Lazarus, come forth. Release him from his grave clothing. He's a He was dead, but now he's what? Alive. Alive. Jesus was raised from the dead as well. Because God has rightly dealt with Israel in their relationship, God has effectively judged Israel. And that is, he has judged them of their sins, But in Christ he has placed them. And now because he has placed them in Christ. He has mercifully justified Israel. And because he has declared them righteous. All of Israel has been declared righteous. The elect I'm talking about. Because we know that there are some that God for whatever reason has chosen to pass over. But, But those whom God has elected. Like us, that is Gentiles, those who were not formally or officially Jews, God has solemnly sworn to, 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 to keep us in Christ. And therefore, we what? Faithfully pray for Israel. Listen, that is what Christians do. Just like an orange tree produces oranges or lemon tree that I talked about produces lemons, we too. We pray. That is, we love Israel. That is the fruit of the Spirit. And so when we entertain questions like, Is God just for loving one and hating another and things like that? When we will. We, that will come across our mind. Trust me. You will be challenged. You will be tested in your walk with Christ. Matter of fact, I remember in my walk, my, my, my beginning stages, I was called a hypocrite many times. Because of, listen, Christ, non-Christians, people who don't believe in Christ, they know more about who, how we should be than we do ourselves. <laughs> Most of them, if they really care anything about you, they'll let you know. Hey, you said you were a Christian, man. Are you doing this? You talking to me this way? Uh, I'm stepping on my own toes now. I get that. I get that. <laughs> I don't why I get that. <laughs> You're a Christian? you talk like that? You should be talking like that. But, 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 but. but no, 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 no. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, man. He's right. She's right. I see me saying that. What's wrong with me? I need to go. I need to go repent. I need to get right with God, right? Thank God we can get right with him, right? We can ask him for forgiveness and trust that in Christ he forgives us of all our sins. Amen. I love it. Don't you love it? Don't you love the gospel? Let us pray. Lord and God, thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for increasing our knowledge and love for you. Our Lord and God, thank you for enlightening us with this marvelous message from your written word. Bless our listeners. We ask and we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Please rise for the doxology. Now to him who is able to keep and strengthen you according to the divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the mystery that was kept secret for a very long time, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God. To bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God. Be glory and honor. Both dominion and power. Both now and forevermore. Amen. Please hug one another and enjoy the rest of the day. God bless you all.